welcome to the Be Disciples podcast. This is episode number 36 with your hosts, Kyle Morris and Dakota Smith. How's it going, Dakota? It's going well, man. I'm super grateful that we're getting underway for another episode. Yeah. It's been a couple weeks. It has been a couple weeks since we recorded. It's been a little hectic, I guess. Yeah. I wouldn't say in a bad way. I think there was only one week that was a bad way for you. Yeah. Because you got sick. Yeah, everybody in our town is getting like this stomach bug. Uh, I haven't thrown up in like 10 years. Uh, Shannon said, I've never seen you throw up before uh, until about a week ago or week and a half, two weeks ago. And Dakota conveniently got sick on a Sunday really early in the morning. 3 a.m. 3 a.m., uh, which means uh, he normally <laughs> preaches, which uh, mm-hmm. meant that I had to preach. So yeah, <laughs> that was, I, I blew that was up. A fun one. I blew up Kyle's phone, and I said, "Hey, man, like, I, there's no way I can get into that pulpit today." So you preached with like an hour and fifteen minutes notice before the service. Yeah, so that was my first time doing really a, a full sermon mm-hmm. last minute like that. Uh, so I, I had sermons prepared from the past. I always keep my notes so. Uh, I really just picked one that I knew I was comfortable with and prepared for and uh, had fun with it, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the first service may have got a, my, uh, my I don't know, my practice round. Your guinea pig. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but by the second service, it was uh, definitely a lot better and, and felt more comfortable since I was able to get it all at once. So Yeah. But that's with preaching. I think, you know, something that you've encouraged me to do is always preach it out loud yeah. before I do it come to the church and preach to an empty church and and kind of run through it out loud because it really does change the way you prepare and makes adjust some notes and adjust the way you're thinking and how it comes out and so yeah i would anybody who preaches i I would encourage them to do that yep absolutely uh yeah i mean the last couple weeks has just been super busy and uh we had a leadership retreat yeah yeah leadership retreat and a bunch that happened so we have been staying on schedule since we started um season two here uh but the last couple weeks have just been unusual and now we're kind of getting back underway yeah and i think you know one of the things that we always have to keep in mind is our families yes and family time and so you know there were a couple wednesday nights where it just family is more important than this podcast. Yep. Um, and so we just take a little break and say, you know what, tonight's too much. Yep. Stay home and just spend time with our family. So uh, yeah. thank you all for hopefully for being gracious. Yeah. Uh, we, we will try to do as many episodes as we can in a row. Yep. But uh, sometimes, you know, we got to choose things over other things. So, Well, and the very thing that qualifies us for ministry is whether we're first dealing with our home. And, uh, you know, sometimes life gets just super busy and it's, it's inappropriate to not be home. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a time and a place to rest and recuperate and, uh, kind of get your bearings again, uh, with life just happening. Something else too, we've got some, uh, kids back here in the sanctuary practicing for an Awana ceremony next week. My daughter's back there. She doesn't know we're back here in our, our, our office recording, but if you hear any stomping or any singing, singing or, or shouting for joy, shouting for joy, <laughs> uh, that would be them. We don't yeah. think they're going to come through on the the air here, but they might. Yep, but it is kind of it is cool to hear in the background um, young people shouting out scripture. Yeah, um, uh, blesses my heart as her dad, and just uh, it is really joyful to just hear children's voices. Yeah, uh, having fun, laughing, giggling. 
something uh, we don't do enough of. Yeah, sometimes we don't take a minute and just stop and watch and listen and enjoy them, I know. Yeah. Uh, my son gives me a smile on my face every time I walk in the door, uh, and usually <laughs> it's him running and screaming yeah. straight at me. Ah, ah! Daddy! <laughs> so the best. it is, and it always it'll always gives me a smile. It always you know get in that moment. I don't forget those moments. Yeah, they're just so precious because. He won't always do that. No, <laughs> so. I know. Sometimes I have to remind myself of that. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I just want to set my stuff down. But no, the reality is, is it's not going to be there forever. Yeah, I'm not going to come home every day and he's going to be like, hey, how's it going? Right. So, <laughs> when he gets older, it may be like, oh, no, dad's home. I'm yeah. in trouble. Or, <laughs> yep. or uh, hey, dad, I'm out. I'm leaving, hanging out with my friends. Yep. Or just kind of as life gets busier, as kids get older. So those moments of them being young and all they know is you. You know, as their parents, and that's their world, and so it's (laughs) enjoyable right now. Yes. Hey, something else, too. This is kind of fun because you and I naturally talk about our Dallas Cowboys. Tomorrow night is the NFL Draft 2021. Looks like as long as things remain the same, uh, nobody trades up or down, our boys got the 10th overall pick in the draft. Which isn't bad. Yeah. So what are you hoping for? Uh, we either need to bolster the defense. Yes. Uh, big time. Yeah. Cause we fell flat on our face last year on defense. Yeah. Didn't help the Dak was hurt all season, right. but the defense still did not help in any no, way. No, at all. Form. And we had a terrible defensive coordinator too. So hopefully, uh, what's his name from Atlanta? He's going to really help. Yes. Uh, Dan Quinn. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully that helps. Hopefully he puts in a good system. Uh, he's been a head coach before. He's been to the Super Bowl before. Yep. Um, so that's good, but yeah, definitely defense. And to me, if you don't go defense, you go O-line. Yeah. Um, you, there's nothing wrong with getting a better O-line. So yep. one or the other, I don't really care as long as it makes our defense better or our offensive line better. That's the most important. Okay. So I keep going back and forth because I've been doing all the, the, the reading and the articles on like who they're going to draft and all that. And, uh, Rashawn is his name, Rashawn Slater from Northwestern. Mm-hmm. I really like him because isn't this true? Every single game that Tyron Smith has been hurt at left tackle, Dak just plays horrible. You know, I oh, yeah. I think you go personally an, an offensive tackle first, and then you spend the rest of your draft on defense. Um, but I would be cool with them getting uh, Patrick Sertan. Patrick Sertan, yeah, that'd be sweet. Or uh, J.C. Horn, or uh, that that talented linebacker from Tulsa that's pretty cool too uh just a good athlete in there since Sean Lee retired but I don't know I mean I'm I'm happy as long as they address a need but if if I'm the Cowboys I protect Dak because you just gave him that juggernaut contract I mean yeah you got to protect Dak and give him the best chance um to be hopefully a, a Super Bowl winning quarterback um, I think with the right team around him, I think most quarterbacks can do pretty well. Yeah. Um, unless you're Tom Brady. <laughs> then it doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> so uh, there are just certain guys who can do it. But you can, you, I mean, you could even see with some of the greats, Peyton Manning, uh, Dan Marino never won one. Right. Uh, there's quarterbacks who barely could get there and didn't win very often. And it's just who you had around you. I mean, and then you look at Eli Manning. Yeah. Who? How in the world? wasn't that good but won Super Bowls <laughs> yeah because he had a good team and yep. good coaches yeah so it just depends uh kind of where you're at but I hope they can put a good team I think Mike McCarthy is a good coach I yep. think the defense coordinator position last year was 
really the the thorn in their side. And yeah. with Dak hopefully healthy this year, we're good to go. Yeah, I don't see why we can't win the division at least. Yeah, why not? Uh, that would be disappointing to me if we didn't just make the playoffs. I know. Um, but again, you know, Cowboys fans, we always, you know, those who know anything about NFL, we always say it's our year. Uh, but really if we don't win the, uh, the conference, I'm going to be pretty yeah. disappointed, <laughs> um, you know, barring an injury. Yep. So, Hey, one thing that's fun about our podcast, we'll get started here now in the book of Mark. We're going to be in Mark chapter five in this episode, probably to about verse 20. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one thing about our podcast is we're just two friends who have been friends for a long time. And uh, we just encourage you that as you're discussing the Bible with whoever you're meeting with, make sure that your one-on-one discipleship with them does not just remain only the Bible. And I know that may sound strange, but here's my point, is it can start to feel like a, a checklist, or if you're not careful, you can actually communicate no relationship to the person because you can just show up. To meet with them, okay, yeah, yeah, all right, let's write down your prayer request. Okay, uh, here's where we were at last time, let's read. And if you're not careful, uh, what you'll communicate is that you don't care just about the other basic details of their life. You need you need to keep building that relationship with the person that you're discipling, and you need to be able to engage in small talk and stuff that just kind of loosens up the conversation because then it doesn't feel so mechanical, you know, mm-hmm. so robotic when you get into... Um, discipleship. I mean, it may take some effort the first couple of weeks, but if if they've met with you two to three times, you should have something to break the ice every time before you jump into the scripture, you know, get to know them. Yeah. And have fun. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's one of the things I, we can get into scripture and which is the best. Yep. We can get into discipleship. We can get into evangelism. We can get into all these things, which, which have its own uh, enjoyment, uh, an eternal enjoyment, a spiritual enjoyment, uh, something kind of beyond uh, this life enjoyment. Yep. But there's also the relationship piece that we see Jesus yeah. do with his disciples, yep. his, his, his close disciples, and yep. spend time with, not just teaching them. We see right. tons of teaching, right. but he got to know them. Right. You know, he sat with them, had meals, laughed and yes. joked, um, and had a good time with them. So it wasn't like Jesus is just this, I'm always teaching, I'm always teaching, that I died on the cross. I don't think that's how it worked. Right. I don't think we see that in Scripture. I think we see right. a man, Jesus, relate to people and have these have these conversations and get to know them and enjoy them. Um, and and so we should do the same. Enjoy the person you're discipling. Uh, get to know them. Maybe have dinner with their family. Yeah. And uh, spend time with them in that way. Become friends. Don't just doesn't always have to be a Scripture one on one focused thing. But really get to know them, because I think you'll see how much deeper you can get in your discipleship and in Scripture because you know them so well. Right. Well, Paul tells the Thessalonians that, you know, he, he along with uh, his ministry companions, shared their very own lives among the Thessalonians. And if Jesus is walking with the disciples for three and a half years, you can just guarantee that they had just basic conversations and laughter around the campfire, and they were building tents together and traveling and doing all kinds of fun stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it would have been life-on-life discipleship. So, 
um, yeah, just want to encourage you. One last word before we get started. This is kind of a long intro, but uh, I continue here and there just to meet people who say, oh yeah, we're, we started to attend Audible Bible because uh, we started listening to your podcast first. So mm-hmm. I want to speak to anybody in the Franklin County area who's listening to our podcast and you don't yet have a church home, just hear me, please accept my invitation here as the pastor at OBC and, and Pastor Kyle's as well. Uh, come to church. Um, we have services at 8 o'clock and at 10.15 every single Sunday morning, and we want you here. So if you're thinking and pondering, oh, I don't know if I should come to church or not, or maybe you're looking for a church that's going to be teaching the Bible, something like that, give us a try. Uh, 15th Street in South Poplar, and um, more about us can be found at audiblebiblechurch.com. But we want you who are listening from the area, even if you just come from a sun- uh, for a Sunday, it can't, it can't hurt. So we welcome you to our church. Yeah. Definitely. It's been encouraging to just uh, see some of you who, uh, who've who never seen us before. Right. And you show up to church and you meet us, and you're like, oh, you're on the podcast. Yeah, that's you. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you can always go to BeDisciplesPodcast.com and our faces are on there. But right. uh, please come to church. So let's get started. Yep. Mark chapter five. Well, let's pray. All right. Father, I just thank you for all of our listeners. Lord, I just acknowledge right here before you... Um, that without your Holy Spirit, then nothing we say is going to be profitable. And without your Holy Spirit, nothing will happen in the heart of our listeners. So would you please help uh, Kyle and I just to engage in your word. Thank you for this opportunity. This is not something we just do to go through the motions, but you have gifted us with doing ministry. You have given us ministry responsibility that comes from your hand. You determine it. And I just thank you for this opportunity right now, God. Help us to be faithful with what you have placed in our hands. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So the Gerasene demoniac, Mark chapter 5. I suppose I'm just going to read, I think a good natural breaking point is after verse 13, to be honest with you. Um, So here we go. They came to the other side of the sea, into the country of the Gerasenes. When he, being Jesus, when he got out of the boat immediately, a man from the tombs with an unclean spirit met him, and he had his dwelling among the tombs, and no one was able to bind him any more, even with a chain, because he had often been bound with shackles and chains, and the chains had been torn apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces, and no one was strong enough to subdue him, constantly. Night and day, he was screaming among the tombs and in the mountains and gnashing himself with stones. Seeing Jesus from a distance, he ran up and bowed down before him and shouting with a loud voice, he said, What business do we have with each other, Jesus, son of the most high God? I implore you by God, do not torment me. For he had been saying to him, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And Jesus was asking him, What is your name? And he said to him, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he began to implore him earnestly not to send them out of the country. Now there was a large herd of swine feeding nearby in the mountain. The demons implored him, saying, Send us into the swine so that we may enter them. Jesus gave them permission, and coming out, The unclean spirits entered the swine, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the sea, about 2,000 of them, 
and they were drowned in the sea. All right. So let's do a little bit of observation here. Yeah, old school. Yeah. What do you see right off the bat? Well, the first thing I see that uh, they're by the sea (laughs) Uh, to the country of, what is that? The Gerasenes. The Gerasenes. Yep. Um, So we are in uh, a Gentile area. Yeah. Right? Yep. That's really important to know. Yes. um, Because there are pigs. Yep. Right? We get that a little bit later. I know where you're going. You got a story. (laughs) I do. But there are pigs later on, right? Jewish people don't eat pork. They don't eat pigs. So why are there pigs? So, you know, that can kind of get confusing. We'll get there eventually. Uh, But we see this immediately gets off the boat. There's an unclean spirit. Right. Um, this man walking up, and then there's this description of this man, yep. which I really wanted to kind of go through this observation of this description yep. uh, that is given. So we have a man who clearly has been demon possessed for a long time. Yep. Which is it says a long time in Luke chapter eight. Yep. Uh, the man wore no clothes, so he's naked. Yep. Um, and was kind of like a wild animal. Right. He was kind of cr- you know just. I don't know if you can imagine somebody who's living out in the woods forever and not in contact with humans and can't, I don't know, Tarzan-like almost. Yeah, I was just going to say, right? almost like Tarzan. <laughs> uh, but probably wilder in the sense of crazier. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he is living among the dead. He's coming out of a tomb, uh, the tombs. So he's living amongst dead people, right? Um, which is uh, pretty gross, I guess. Yeah. Um, we also know that he pulled the chains apart. Yep. Right, so maybe a little strong, supernaturally strong. Oh yeah, uh, and that the man was tormented and self-destructive, uh, cutting himself with stones, crying out, uncontrollable behavior of all kinds. So yep. the scene is kind of a scary scene, to be honest. Yeah, it's the largest uh, scene we have of Jesus dealing with demon possession in the whole Bible. I mean, we get a lot of verses here. I think if you thought of a horror type of movie mm-hmm. <laughs> about demons, yep. this would be a scene. Right. Uh, but the difference is Jesus is here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, which means he's in control. Yeah. Uh, so that kind of makes you at ease when you're reading this because you know Jesus is the one coming up to to this man comes up to him actually as he gets off the boat and so you know we know that Jesus can already cast out demons it's already happened in the book of mark right um so we know that that can happen but the scene itself is kind of creepy and scary i mean if you were getting off a boat and a man like this naked wild crazy yep. chains ripped off you know probably bleeding from cutting himself just coming at you i think that would be pretty pretty intense yeah I mean, you know, one thing that I think of here too is it says in verse one, they came to the other side of the sea. And it's interesting that the Bible doesn't say, what the Bible doesn't say is that the disciples did anything here. Nope. That silence is uh, deafening. (laughs) Yeah, you don't really Where are they? Yeah. It says they, but it only talks about Jesus. Yeah. So you don't really know, are they like hiding? <laughs> are yep. they, you know, it doesn't say, so, I mean, we can make assumptions, I guess, yep. but I, I don't think that's an important part of the story or it would have been in here maybe. Yeah. Cause we do see times where the disciples are scared, Yeah, where they're unsure, where they say things they're not supposed to. Yeah. And those are all documented in yep. all the gospels. Yes. So we don't really know what happened here, but I can imagine I would be scared. Yeah. This is creepy looking. Um, Jesus, you got this, right? Yes. Uh, I'm going to stand behind you. 
Yep. Uh, and maybe that's okay in this moment that they do stand behind Jesus. Right. Jesus, you're in control. I. This is all you. <laughs> yep. Um, but those are some observations right off the bat. We've got. Um, then there's a conversation that really takes place. It says when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshipped him. Right. Hmm. That's kind of a interesting action that he takes. So he sees Jesus, mm-hmm. runs up to him, and worshipped him. Yeah. So. I mean, let, this is where you have to deal with the natural tension mm-hmm. involved in reading the biblical story. I think so often we, and I face this, you face this, we want something so profound to say. Mm-hmm. But it's almost like the tension of this story is there for us to kind of understand for a reason. I mean, how often do you and I deal with something like this? Yeah. So, I mean, if we were to really just pause and and ponder, you know, like, okay, well, how would I act after I had countless demons just kicked out of me, you know, exercised out of me? And I mean, if you were a fly on the wall, or let's just say a fly on the tomb, because <laughs> uh, we know they're in pretty much a, a graveyard. I mean, what would the man be saying to Jesus? And what would Jesus be saying to that man? I mean, dude, if you've been possessed by countless demons, you probably had some issues to get to that place. Well, I mean, at this point, legion. Right. A legion of demons. Which is 6,000 right. Roman soldiers. That That's the verbiage they used. It doesn't mean he had 6,000 demons, but it does mean a lot. A lot. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know what I would do. I can't imagine uh, the man and what he's gone through. Yeah. Um, and he runs up to Jesus, and, and he says, and he cried out with a loud voice and said, what have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? Right. He's immediately assuming shame and And then he says, I, am, I implore you <laughs> by God that you do not torment me. Right. Right. Which is interesting because he's already being tormented by another um, species of God's creation. <laughs> yes, spiritual <laughs> yes. source. Yeah. Evil, spiritual evil side of, of things. Very supernatural. I think that's the hard part here is this is a supernatural event. Right. Um, and you and I don't live in a supernatural in that spirit realm. That's not our place to be. Mm-hmm. In a I mean, sense. among them, yeah, like, but we... We're but, not as often aware. Right. And, yeah. We don't necessarily live in that every day. We're not seeing it. We're not uh-huh. necessarily um, being a part of that spiritual battle that's happening. Um, and I don't, I've never come into, as far as I know, I've never come into contact with somebody who's had a demon. Yeah. Not like that. Not like, yeah. yeah. So, um, so yeah, I don't, this, to me, this is something beyond yeah. my understanding, beyond my experience. Mm-hmm. I can only imagine that. This guy has gone through stuff that I can't, for one, imagine, pain and hurt. And then he's imploring Jesus not to hurt him or torment him, um, which I, to me shows that God's more powerful than these demons. I mean, that's pretty much what this guy's saying. God, you have more power than these demons. Don't hurt me. Yeah. 
How does he ha- how does he have an awareness of who Jesus is? It seems like this guy kind of just lives out in the sticks. He lives out in a place that, I mean, for the Jewish mind, this would have been an unclean place among the dead. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like we know from later in the story he do- he does come into his right mind, which means up until now he's out of his right mind, One. and he has an awareness of the Son of God. Yeah, I mean... Who's come on a boat from another another location. Sure, I mean, I'm sure the awareness of this comes from the demons. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm kind of implying. Right. Because, I mean, the demons know who Jesus is. Right. So... Of course. There's got to be that, yeah, the guy says it, but there's unclean spirits. Obviously, he's learned from these spirits who Jesus is, who God is. Right. Um, in, in some capacity, because he calls him Jesus, son of the Most High God. Right. So he knows who he is. He calls him by his name. He calls him not just by his, he doesn't say Jesus of Nazareth. Yeah. Right. He says, son of the Most High God. So the son of man, the son of God mm-hmm. in this instance. So it is a different title and, and the most appropriate title. Absolutely. But he uses that title here. Okay. So. Has the title, look at chapter 1, just hold your place there. Look at Mark chapter 1, verse 1. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Has the phrase Son of God been used since the very first verse yet in the book? I mean, you could probably go to Blue Letter Bible and look it up and just see if the phrase has come up. But the point I'm trying to make is... Here you are, and Mark gives you his understanding of who Jesus is in chapter 1, verse 1, and then Mark withholds his opinion. And it'd be really interesting to me if the first person in Mark's gospel to proclaim that Jesus is the Son of God is a demon-possessed man. Hmm. (laughs) Are you looking it up? I mean, I'm looking for that specific, if anybody calls him that. Right. Um... I'm not seeing anything at the moment. So nevertheless, I mean, it's just, you know, if I, if I, let's just do this real quick. Type in son of God, the phrase, here we go. We're now to the book of Mark. Hmm. Well, it is used in chapter three, verse 11, but that's another scene where he's casting out demons. So remember at this point in, in the book of Mark, you know, the only people that are really proclaiming who he is are demons, and Jesus does not want demons acting as his herald. Mm. But it's interesting that this man is the one who now proclaims Jesus's identity, you know, which he doesn't yeah. rebuke him for. Mm-mm. That's pretty cool. He doesn't. I mean, the first words that he says is, come out of the man, unclean spirit. <laughs> right. That's what Jesus says. Right. I mean, he kind of gets straight to the point. Right. Um, right. At the, what was that, right before we get, let's see, that was eight, verse 8. Um, then he asked him, what is your name? Right. So Jesus asked him, and um, then he says, my name is Legion, mm-hmm. which where we get the idea that there are more than more than one demon. Absolutely. Um, and so, so there are many. Also, he begged him earnestly that he would not send them out of the country. 
Yep. So for some reason, they wanted to stay in the location in which they resided. Right. They could only exist by being within something. Yeah. Right? Possessing they something. They had to, they needed a host. Yeah. Right. So they didn't want to leave. Or they desired a host, but. So there's a large herd of swine pigs mm-hmm. nearby. <laughs> yep. So all the demons begged him saying, send us over to the swine and let us enter them. Yep. Um, which there's a permission thing happening here, right? There's a asking and a yeah uh, between them. Yep. And Jesus, at once Jesus gave them permission. Yep. Then the unclean spirits went out and entered the swine. Um, it says there were about 2,000 maybe. Yeah. So legion means about 6,000. But here, at least we know there was 2,000. So, I mean, 2,000 pigs, that's a big farm. That's a big pig farm. Yeah. That's a lot. And then it says the herd ran violently mm-hmm. down the steep place into the sea and drowned. <laughs> okay, so a question I had before I studied it a little bit more before tonight. The question I had was, do, you know, can you really drown a demon? No, but I don't think that's what Jesus was trying to do. I think the idea at hand is that when a demon is housed inside of something, a demon desires with all his strength to be destructive. So, on one hand, these demons, plural, regardless of their exact number, on one hand, they could no longer house a man and give him supernatural strength to destroy things. So, now they would rather house pigs and destroy pigs, right? Remember, I mean, it's the the demon-possessed pigs that went into, into the water. It's not that necessarily... Uh, well, does it say that Jesus actually sent them into the water? It says Jesus gave them permission, verse 13, to go into and, and coming out, the unclean spirits entered the swine and the herd rushed down the stink bank. See, it doesn't say that Jesus forced them to go into the water like he was trying to drown demons. It's just the fact that demons want to kill something. They want to devour something. That's their nature is death. Right. And the other thing here, when... I find interesting. I'm reading in uh, David Guzik's commentary here yep. just about Legion, about this name. Uh, I mean, it wasn't, it was a name. Yeah. It wasn't the name of the demons, though. Right. It wasn't their individual names because there's right. a lot of them. Yeah, actually. Um, and Jesus didn't continue to ask for their names. Mm-hmm. He didn't say, because he could have. Right. And they would have had to tell him. Right. Uh, there was a lot, so I'm, maybe Jesus was like, I don't got time for this. No, he probably, you know, he did, because other times he asks for their name. Right. But there's a lot of them here. There's a legion, so it, and Jesus knew that. Um, so he didn't, he didn't really play into that. He kind of just kept it going. He knew he had the upper hand. Right. But we have to remember that the onlookers of what's going on probably didn't think Jesus had the upper hand no. in this exchange. No. Because yeah. we're talking, we're not talking a man possessed by one demon. Right. Maybe people would have been like, oh yeah, we heard about Jesus. He could take care of that one demon. But this guy is this, different. This guy is very different. Yeah. Um, and so even the way I think Jesus kind of responds here is different in the fact that, you know, he does give them permission. Yep. You guys can go into those pigs. Which, almost he like almost like he agreed to the request. Yeah. Like they asked for something. Yep. And he agreed to it. Yeah. Yep. You can do that. But also tells me that Jesus has such authority, even over these demons, that they even have to ask to go into pigs. Like, mm-hmm. what small, what kind of a small request is that? 
it just shows you that it doesn't it doesn't matter like if god does not allow things to take place then they don't have the power to do it mm-hmm. and then the next question of course would be well why would god allow these things to happen well sometimes it's like in jesus's uh model prayer the disciples prayer you know and lead us not into temptation Sometimes God will test your faith uh, if you're kind of walking away and he'll kind of, I do think it, it's saying like he will allow you to be tempted to really see where you're truly at in your walk, you know? So what's, it, yeah, I just, I find this interaction interesting here. It says just as demons and just this back and forth and says the answer of this legion name may have been evasive. The demons desiring to withhold their true names from Jesus in a desperate attempt to thwart his power. Yeah. It's also possible that the name may have been selected to invoke the fear of a powerful name, uh-huh. almost as if to f- put fear into Jesus, like there's many of us. Yeah. So I think there's some sort of, they, they say legion just because, they're trying to trick him or trying not to fully show him uh, all they are. Or maybe the demons were like, I don't want Jesus to know my name. Right. <laughs> kind of in a sense, even though Jesus probably already knew. I mean, I, I would guess that Jesus would already know that. Uh, but I think they were trying to be like, trying to get out of the situation. Right. Because they knew who Jesus was. He's the son of the most high God. He's more powerful than them. Yep. How can we get out of the situation without harm? Right. Something else I just kind of thought too, and I'm just like having fun pondering on on this passage. I think we often think of demons running as individuals, you know, like, oh, a demon's bothering me. But here we don't see a demon bothering him. We see that demons also team up with each other and there can be a lot of them that team up. And I just think about the events in the world today, Mm -hmm. you know, like, oh my goodness, uh, (laughs) Sometimes you just think to yourself, like, that has to be a team of demons doing something. And uh, it's humbling. I I mentioned in the pulpit this last Sunday that last week I went through a very, very difficult week. I'm not the guy who thinks there's a demon behind every tree and every bush, but last week I sincerely do believe that I was getting spiritually attacked 100%. I was thinking thoughts I didn't want to think, having doubts, having just all kinds of weird stuff where I was like, gosh, there's a fog of something. And I can't explain it, but this isn't something that I enjoy. It's not something I want around me. What is going on? Uh, I was having horrible dreams that were demonic related, all kinds of stuff. And then I just started to think, okay, our church is having victory in the Lord. We're starting to reach our community. I'm getting ready to preach on a series in May about did God really say addressing the issues of the culture versus the early chapters of Genesis and what God said. And I'm just starting to notice like, oh my goodness. And then I I can bet you, Kyle, with you being a pastor on staff, you get attacked too. So, you know, this is a real humbling story, uh, at least for me personally, but because it just shows you that these demons don't actually have any power, and they do shudder at Jesus' name. They do. Do you want to read the rest of this? I think we should close it, yeah, to verse 20, and then, then we'll close it up. Here we go, verse 14. They're herdsmen ran away and reported it in the city and in the country. And the people came to see what it was that had happened. They came to Jesus and observed the man who had been demon-possessed, sitting down, clothed, and in his right mind, the very man who had had the legion 
and they became frightened. Those who had seen it described to them how it had happened to the demon-possessed man, and all about the swine, and they began to implore or beg him to leave their region. It's interesting they asked Jesus to leave. And he was getting into the boat. The man, who had been demon-possessed, was imploring him that he might accompany him. Let me go with you. And he did not let him, but he said to him, Go home to your people and report to them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he had mercy on you. And he went away and began to proclaim in Decapolis what great things Jesus had done for him. And everyone was amazed. Yeah, so we got the demons, plural, leave, go in the swine. Yep. Swine went into the sea and drowned. Yes. Who knows what happened to the demons? Yep. The swine drowned. Demons, who knows? Yep. But anyways, this guy's no longer demon-possessed. He's in his right mind. Yeah. Everything, it's it's like there's restoration, right, yes. occurred. Um, and so this man who had been possessed was sitting there clothed in right mind, no longer crazy, acting crazy, no longer um, looking like a, almost like a zombie, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of how I, I made, made him look like. And then there are these people that saw and knew this man. Yep. And those who saw it told them how it happened to him who had been demon possessed about the swine. And they began to plead with him to depart from their region. Yeah. So they wanted this man to leave. Yeah. They wanted Jesus to leave. Yeah. I think. I mean, we see uh, we see this kind of this story happen more than once where these people see Jesus cast out a demon or demons yeah. and then have the thought of, well, he is must be the controller of demons, right. which means he's like the Lord of demons. Right. This this idea that he is almost as if Satan or this thought of yeah. of that. And I think that scared people. Yeah. Um, those that at least I think those were thoughts that people had. Yeah. And then they're like, well, we don't want this guy here with us either. Yeah. <laughs> because we don't know what just happened. I think a lot of people are confused, mm -hmm. even though the man, I think, knows exactly what happened. Which tells me everybody was aware of his previous state, mm -hmm. which means this man was in this state probably for a long time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So they asked them to leave. Yeah. Um, the guy begs Jesus. Let me go with you. Let me go with you. And Jesus said, no, I want you to go to your friends and tell them the great things the Lord has done for you. See, isn't that amazing? And how he has the compassion on you. And this is interesting because he doesn't always tell people to do this. Right. He, sometimes he says, don't tell anybody. Yeah, be quiet. Be quiet. For this dude, he was like, look, everybody already knew you were crazy before. <laughs> yeah, so go so. to your friends and tell them that, <laughs> that the Lord did this, yeah. right? That the Son of God did yeah. this. Yes. Uh, because they need to know, and that it's not some other powerful being, I guess, that maybe people thought, yeah. uh, but it was Jesus himself, the Son of God, the Messiah, and so he departs and begins to proclaim the, the good news of Jesus. Yeah. Uh, and he does that, and then they're marveled. Yeah. So I think, to me, that the end of the story is that this man, yeah, not only did he get saved by Jesus in the sense of the demonic possession going away, right. but also saved... Oh, like spiritually. Spiritually. Absolutely. Yep. Not and, just delivered but saved. And then does exactly what we're all called to do by Jesus, which is to go. To live sent. And tell your friends about me. Yeah. Tell them what I did. Yeah. That's what we're supposed to do. Which kind of brings us to a concluding point. Living sent looks like sharing your testimony. 
Yeah, that's all. I mean, that's all this guy had to do. Honestly, sometimes when we make it so difficult, what is the best evangelistic approach? Uh, you go to other people and you tell them that you, yes, you listening right now to the podcast, you, you share what Jesus did for you. So you're going to share the gospel and your story at the same time. Why would we ever hold back from sharing what Jesus has done in our life? If you don't know how to give a big theological discourse and you know how to do all the Ray Comfort stuff and all that, so what? Why don't you just start by telling people what Jesus did for you? Yeah, I, it's one of those things where, you know, we, we have this fear of people saying no or this fear of rejection or whatever that whatever it is that's there. Yeah. That kind of puts a block in our path. But your testimony is real. Right. It actually happened. Yeah. Jesus did save you. Right. And he saved you from whatever that is. Right. That sin that, that you have committed, that life that you were living that was not for him. That was all real. Right. So you go tell that to somebody. Yes. If they don't want to believe you, fine. Yeah. You know it's real. Right. Because it happened to you. People can't tell you it didn't happen. They just can't. Right. That means they're denying Christ, not you. They're not denying your life. They're denying Jesus. Well, so I just encourage you just to share your story. It w- it is believable. People will respond to it. It is the work of Jesus. He's going to use your story. Yes. Don't be afraid of the few no's or the few rejections or the few oh, I'm not I don't really want to hear that. Don't be afraid of that. Yes. Share your story. Well, something else just to kind of conclude with is sometimes when we share the gospel with people and we're more offensive, it's easy for them to reject the gospel message itself. But it's much harder for somebody to say, oh, stop telling me about yourself. Stop telling me your story because they're not as ready to reject you. So you insert Jesus in there and it's like, hey, you've got to listen to my story, which is defined by him. (laughs) Yeah, if you just share your story, most people, for one, aren't going to stop you, even if they don't believe you. Right. Um, They're going to still listen at least. (laughs) Yeah, they don't have a choice. And, you know, you you planted a seed and you let Jesus do it. Yeah, because he's the one who's saved. So, Amen. Uh, go live sin, share the gospel. Thank you all for listening. Please uh, share our podcast with your friends, family, yep. social media followers. Maybe yeah, you're maybe you're an influencer. Share share uh, our podcast so people can hear the gospel. People can hear about Jesus. That's all we want this podcast to do. We're not asking for anything else, but for you to just share it. So, uh, thank you all for listening, and uh, uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs>